This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, Cardinal fans. I'm Ozzie Smith. Smith, corks one into right down the line. It may go. And you're listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Here's your host. Brett McMillan. Welcome in. New edition of the Cardinals Insider Podcast. My name is Brett McMillan. Glad to have you with us. I am back here in St. Louis now. Just got back as I record this. uh, Today is my first day back here at the ballpark after two weeks in sunny, beautiful Jupiter, Florida. The sun has reemerged here in St. Louis, too, which is good to see. It was my first spring training. And, you know, everybody always says, like, it's just different down there. It's different. It's more laid back. It really is. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Fans getting to walk right up to the fence, talking with the players. We got to see Marcelo Zuna in batting practice for the first time. I was down there for the first game. Uh, He had an RBI in that one, too. So it really is true. If you've not been, it's a what a great spot, too. Abacoa, where the ballpark is, celebrating 20 years now of Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium uh, as the the naming rights deal has been re-upped for 10 more years. It's a special place, the the Treasure Coast there on the uh, the east coast of Florida, Jupiter, Palm Beach, all of that. Uh, easy to get in from St. Louis or surrounding areas, and just a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed the weather and the baseball being back. That was the most important part. If you're a regular listener, uh, glad to have you with us. If you're new, you should know that we brought you Jack Flaherty during the first week of the podcast, the first week rather down in spring training. You can listen to that at cardinals.com slash podcast or on our iTunes feed. That episode is still up. And I wanted to bring you another guy who was honored by the organization for what he did in the minor league ranks last year. Jack was the pitcher of the year for the organization in the minors, and Harrison Bader has quickly become one of the most popular Cardinals, and he was the position player of the year organizationally in the minor leagues. Harrison is a guy I find interesting because he went to the University of Florida in Gainesville. The SEC is kind of a hotbed for college baseball, But Harrison was born and raised in New York City, which creates a unique set of challenges when you're trying to train. Like the Midwest, the weather's not great in the winter, but you also have some space issues that you don't have in Midwestern cities. Obviously, when you're in Manhattan or just in one of the boroughs, it's hard to find a baseball field sometimes. So we talk about how Harrison trained growing up as a kid and also the role that his father had in his life. His dad is a huge supporter Harrison and his dad have a very good relationship, and in fact, when Harrison got called up this past summer, his dad was actually with him down in Memphis, and they rode up to St. Louis together. We get a little bit of reaction in that story, which is pretty cool. We also talked about his love for the Cardinals organization. He grew up a New York Yankee fan, obviously like the Cardinals, a team that has done a lot of winning and has a great tradition, and I found it really interesting how because of growing up with that as a kid, Harrison automatically just stepped into a Cardinal uniform and said, I really appreciate what it is that this franchise represents, both to the community and just on the field over the past 100-plus years. So I thought that his perspective on what it meant to be a Cardinal 
was really pretty cool in the way that he has embraced being a Cardinal, even though he really hasn't been with the organization all that long in the grand scheme of things. Just like our Jack Flaherty episode, if you listen to that one, this was done for Cardinals Insider TV, the interview. It's a green screen interview. We get to spend, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes with most players just talking about a variety of topics, whether they're baseball or life-related. And that's what this was uh, was bred out of. And I, I sat down, gosh, in my time, probably 15 to 25 different guys that we ran through, and there were a lot of interviews that I enjoyed, but... Jack was a guy I hadn't gotten to meet, wanted to talk to him. And then Harrison is a player I had interviewed before, but we just got into some topics and I heard some thoughts from him that I hadn't really heard expressed before. And I thought that you would enjoy it. The fan in me enjoyed getting to know him in this way, and I thought you would too. And he's become, as I said, tremendously popular. He was a sellout as far as autograph tickets at the winter warm-up. I'll get out of the way and let you listen back with you on the other side, but it's Harrison Bader on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. All right, well, first thing, just what's it like to, to be here getting ready for a new season at spring training? Yeah, it's great. I love this time of year. Um, had a really successful offseason, as I have, um, you know, in the past. So, you know, again, you, you kind of get those uh, little butterflies and, and everything, and, and that's great. And I'm just very excited just to kind of apply everything that I've learned and that I've trained for in uh, another year. Let's do it. We're asking everybody their first memory of baseball, whether as a fan or playing as a little kid. But first time you remember the game. First time I remember the game, that's a good question. Um, I think the first time I remember the game, honestly, is uh, I got this bat back when aluminum was, was still allowed in New York, New York City baseball. And uh, my dad just got me this brand new, like, I think it was like a copperhead bat, and it was bright red. And I just remember kind of going out there playing, playing with him after, uh, after he was working one day on like a kind of a little league field, just kind of in the middle of the week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much as far as I go back in terms of uh, my, my memory of first playing. Working out this off season, were you working on anything specific or just staying in shape in general? Um, I mean, everything is really obviously baseball specific. Um, every workout is kind of geared towards, you know, being better on the field. So um, with regards to that, yes, everything was baseball specific and everything was, you know, kind of, again, uh, but it all does, you know, obviously relate back to just, you know, staying in shape, staying healthy, um, just giving your body, uh, you know, the the right um, build, I guess, to uh, just kind of roll into spring training, ready to go. Um, and obviously the games this year are, are a lot earlier and they're right around the corner, so uh, just preparing for that. You have a proudest moment from youth baseball, Little League through high school? Proudest moment through youth baseball? Um, not not really. Um, that, I guess it's kind of sad because, I mean, baseball in New York, especially in New York City, is uh, it's really hard to come by, and uh, good baseball, if you will. So. Um, you know, no championships, no state runs with all your boys. Um, kind of, uh, kind of on the side, just kind of, <laughs> just training and uh, just kind of getting ready for, you know, 16, 17 years old when you can kind of get on a, on a big field. So, so yeah. So in New York, are you spending, I guess, more time working out alone than like kids in the Midwest would playing? I mean, they're playing basically 12 months a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously in the off season, I have my trainer. Um, so I'm behind the scenes, I'm with him. Um, but, but any baseball work, I also have my hitting coach. Um, but, you know, it, I don't mean to put it in that light where I'm kind of deprived of anything. I'm, I'm certainly not. You know, I, I've, uh, 
I've been given the opportunity to kind of have some space in New York City, and that's really all I needed. Um, there wasn't any time to kind of fuss about not being able to get outside and, and uh, the sunlight or, or, you know, being warm. You know, there, there was one thing, and that's how we're going to get better today. Um, and whether it's a small little room or, or some turf they might have found, um, you know, kind of outside the city in Westchester County, uh, you know, it was, there was always baseball in my mind, and I was, always a, I was never going to let that kind of damper or, or infringe on my uh, on my development as a baseball player. So um, I think that mentality paired with then getting older and, and getting able to actually get on a baseball field and, and getting some sunlight, I think I, I set myself up pretty well. What's it mean to you to be a Cardinal and to, to wear that uniform? You know, it means a lot. It really does. Um, being from New York City, I, uh, I grew up a Yankee fan, and that was kind of the natural thing. Uh, obviously, in the, the late 90s, early 2000s, Yankees were really good. Um, I was always a fan of Jeter. You know, both on and off the field, just the way he carried himself and, and conducted himself, both as a baseball player, but just a member of society. I think uh, I really just kind of always wanted to emulate him. Um, so once I set my sights on that, um, you know, I think the rest was history. So being from New York City, I never really thought or knew how much throwing on a Cardinals uniform would mean to me because I wasn't born in the Midwest. I wasn't raised in the Midwest. But, but getting the opportunity to be drafted into such an incredible organization, um, you know, I can tell you for sure, being from New York City, it really does mean a lot. Um, but that's because of the people, and that's the way it's run, and that's the way, uh, that's where the organization was, was really founded on. Um, so, so to be a part of something such, so special with so much history, um, I mean, I'm just incredibly fortunate, and that's why I don't take anything lightly, especially on the baseball field. I love to have fun. Um, I know a lot of people will tell you that, but, uh, but at the end of the day, it is, it is business, and everything revolves around what happens in between the white lines. So to toss this uniform on, knowing that and knowing the history involved with such a positive and incredible organization, I, I, uh, I can't take it lightly. You know, you can't really afford to, to take any steps uh, in the wrong direction. So, yeah. It takes a lot of people to, to get a player like yourself to this point within an organization, but are there one or two that, that stand out as mentors or people that really have shaped you along the way in the organization? Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, like you mentioned, it really is not a one-man show. And, and that's not only here, that's uh, before Cardinals baseball, that was before um, college for me, that was before really high school baseball. Uh, I've always just had an incredible sports system, both of my parents, my father, my mother. Um, and I don't want to leave anyone out again. But uh, but yeah, so that that same approach, taking that into into uh, into professional baseball, it just, it, it just meshed perfectly. And I think... Uh, I mean, again, I don't want to leave anybody out, but uh, a couple guys that did really shape me were uh, when I first stepped into pro ball, uh, my, my manager, uh, Johnny Rodriguez. Uh, I was only there for a really short stint, but just, uh, just the way he treated me, um, even though we were in short season baseball and rookie ball, uh, he treated me with uh, the utmost respect and he treated me like a professional. Um, and he recognized uh, you know, my passion for the game, my passion to constantly get better. Uh, and he really did treat me and make me feel like a major leaguer in that short stint. So him for sure and um, I mean I've just learned from so many guys you know everybody has just been been so helpful um, in the you know relatively short time I've been with the organization since 2015 um, but I do feel like I've been here for like 20 years um, and that just kind of speaks to the uh, the people themselves so really I mean everybody I've come in contact with has whether they know it or not has given me at least one little nugget of information that I can apply to my game. I know we talked about you young and your first memory of the game, but is there a, a clear point you look at and say, that's really when I fell in love with baseball? So that's a good one. Um, I mean, I've always loved the game. I really have. Um, 
you know, I've never, I've never been one to kind of just go out there and just watch baseball. Um, and I know that sounds weird. I've always, I've always found myself studying the game. Um, I was, I've always found myself, you know, like a guy will do something. Well, well, how does he do it? You know, how did he get to that point? I've always studied swings. I've always studied mechanics. I've always studied, you know, the, the mental side of the game. Um, and I think that that kind of uh, separated the kind of the player who goes to college just kind of hoping he makes a team and, you know, just kind of have fun with it and somebody who comes out of high school with, with a plan. And that's I'm going to go to college for three years. I'm going to get drafted and I'm going to make it to the big leagues at some point. Um, and I've just kind of always set my eyes on that. And the biggest thing, I think, that the first moment was, uh, was when I knew I could really, really do it was, uh, was actually in Omaha in 2015, the College World Series. Um, there was just such a big stage and what seemed like a huge stadium to me at the time, um, playing in front of 25,000 people in the College World Series. I had just you know, played for three years at the University of Florida. Um, but I, I hit a home run like, to lead the game off. Um, on like a slider that just kind of backed up and I just recognized it really well and I just had this ability to kind of calm myself even though it was a huge stage um, you know making it to Omaha at the time was the biggest thing in college sports you could do within your own sport uh, for baseball so um, just that stage and just I guess my ability to just kind of step out and, and just realize that you know it's game time and you can kind of kind of um, just calm your calm yourself, you know, not not get lost in anything. And I had a really good tournament, and, and really kind of the rest the rest is history from there. Just like the second I kind of stepped into Bush Stadium, just I just always just tell myself to calm down and just relax and just keeping your confidence, regardless of how many people are watching you and who's on the mound. You know, it doesn't matter because you you have confidence in yourself. You know what you can do because you've prepared for this moment. So um, I think my really my breakthrough moment was pretty recent, but uh, but yeah. I think your debut has an interesting twist to it in that you rode up with your dad. You get out of the car to go into the ballpark. What was that moment like? I mean, you're there with your father who's poured into you so much. Yeah. Going to make your debut. I mean, just to take me there, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it, it really was an incredible moment. And uh, baseball just works in incredible ways. My father happened to be visiting me um, when I was in AAA. And uh, just to get called up at that random weekend was, uh, again, it was very random. <laughs> um, so... Um, people always do ask me about my debut, and I really do tell them that uh, it was almost more special for my father because he's seen me grow up in the game, and he's seen me grow up ever since I was in Little League. So uh, for me, I just tried to make it just another game. I didn't want to put too much emphasis on it because in reality it was just another game. So for him it was uh, it was incredibly special. I'm just happy for him that he got to share that moment with me, along with my mother too who was in the stand. So. Yeah, uh, around Father's and Mother's Day, we, we like to kind of put stuff out there. You guys talking about dads and moms, and there's your dad. Um, tell me about your mom and just the role that she played with you becoming a baseball player. Yeah, my dad was, uh, my dad always had the ability to kind of, right after work, just, just go and hit with me. Obviously, my mom couldn't really pitch to me. She couldn't really throw with me. Um, but she was always there. She really was. I um, mean, she was there when, when uh, she was able to. And whether it was just coming to a game or, or driving me when my father couldn't, um, you know, my, my mom was, uh, was just, as, just as important in my development because she did teach you a lot of things off the field. Um, I remember my dad was uh, pretty harsh on me, which looking back, I understand why, but um, I would, in Little League, I would fuss and I would get angry with myself if I didn't have a really good game. I would I remember there was, there was one instance where I think I cried after an All-Star game or something when I was like 10 years old. And my dad, you know, would always kind of brush it aside and, and tell me that I would have to kind of 
grow up and, and be mature. Um, and obviously as a 10 year old, you're not really thinking about that. You're just so caught up in the moment. So I remember my mom always consoling me and, and just being there for a, a different type of mental stability. One that uh, my dad really didn't, didn't really touch on because he was always with baseball and always helping me play and throw to me. So his job was kind of doing the stuff on the field. My mom helped me off the field, if you will. So it was, uh, it was a team effort for sure in the Vader household. <laughs> There he is, Harrison Bader, kind enough to step into a minor league locker room and spend a couple of minutes with us. I really appreciate his time, and I was just fascinated by getting to hear about how a kid in New York City finds a place to practice his baseball skills year-round. It's just not a problem that most of us in in this part of the country, in the Midwest, really have to deal with, but boy, uh, up north where the population is a little more crowded, that, that presents a real set of obstacles to trying to get some cuts in or take some ground balls. But obviously Harrison found a way to make it work and other kids who come out of that part of the country find a way to make it work. But uh, for me as a born and raised Midwesterner, I thought that was some really interesting stuff. Like what does it look like to play baseball as a kid in New York City? Hey, we begin our regularly scheduled weekly episodes on March 27th. We've got history stuff some kind of deep cuts, if you will. One of the men who was the very first couple of guys to catch Bob Gibson as a St. Louis Cardinal, his name is J.W. Porter. He's going to be on the show. We've got Dan McLaughlin committed for an episode. He's going to be on the program. And we're also going to have uh, some deeper dives into history related to the Cardinals in Asia, which is the topic of the special exhibit across the street, Uh, Goodwill Through Baseball, Cardinals Across the Pacific, I promise that if you like history, you like baseball, you like Cardinal history, you're going to really enjoy some of the content we have with that. And of course, plenty, I mean plenty, of stuff relating to the 2018 Cardinals. We'll have more player interviews. We'll have more topics on that. So that's just like a small little bit of what we already know we're going to have coming up in the 30 or so episodes that begin on the 27th of March, but there will be much more as well. If you want to stay in touch with the show, shoot me an email, podcast with an S at cardinals.com. I'd love your ideas. I'd love your feedback on what you like, maybe what you don't. Would love to just dialogue with you there through email, podcast with an S at cardinals.com. If you want to subscribe to the show, make sure you don't miss any episodes. You can find us on iTunes. Just search Cardinals Insider or cardinals.com slash podcast. There again, you will see our logo in the Cardinals Insider Podcast. You can subscribe, download, and do all of that fun stuff there. Don't miss any episodes. Check them out there. We'll talk to you for sure on March the 27th when regularly scheduled episodes resume. Until then, for Harrison Bader, I'm Brett McMillan. Thanks for listening. It's always fun. We'll talk to you next time on the CI Podcast.